Considering the subject matter of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk, the hosts recommend using discretion when allowing anyone under the age of 17 to listen. This program is specifically designed to be listened to by adults and therefore may be unsuitable for children under the age of 17. This program may contain one or more of the following, crude indecent language, graphically described violence, sensitive subject matter including controversial topics, conspiracies, religion, the occult, and death. Listener discretion is advised. episode of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. Rick and Steven talk the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie and welcome special guest Brian Meisinger of US Paranormal Research. They also discuss investigating haunted locations alone versus with a group. All of that and so much more, right now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. And welcome to episode 30 that's right, the big 3-0, the dirty 30, as uh, Stephen called it just a moment ago, the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. You got it right this time, Steve? You did. You did. Um, that's right, we are number 30. Can you, can you believe we made it this far? No. Really? <laughs> that's just, that's so matter of fact. No. <laughs> no, you know what's... No, but it really... It... Go ahead. That's good. So it, it, I don't know. I mean, it just—it seems like we've done more. <laughs> I don't, you know what I mean? It's like when yeah. you look at the number thirty. I mean, but at the same time, we haven't even been doing this—not yet. We're coming up on it a year. You know. That's right. Because what we what, yeah wow what did we start early December last year? Because we had early like uh, our first like episode 3rd or something. Yeah, we had our first episode, and then the next episode was the Christmas special. Right, right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You, you know, I'm yeah, I'm I'm glad it's working out. I really am. Yeah, I so, am too. Number thirty. Now, love it. We're getting thousands of listeners, which is exciting but scary at the same time. Oh yeah, I mean, look, you know, we, I, I think we get more listeners in a single show than we got the whole time we were doing this primarily on YouTube. Oh, I agree. I agree. And you never know. I mean, maybe down the road, it, it'll just be a combination of both. Who, who knows? Right. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Do video here, audio there, whatever. It's awesome because people are, 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 I think they're getting it. They're digging it, you know? Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, everybody that I hear things from, you know, we're, we're like a, uh, not that this is ever going to happen, but. But they're, the, the the feedback I'm getting is that they wish there was more episodes a week because it's like they watch or I'm sorry, they listen to the one episode and then, mm-hmm. oh, I got to wait until, you know, <laughs> it, we've, we've become a part of their commute or, or sure. their, their kitchen cleaning or whatever they're doing. And it's like, oh, OK, well, I've listened to that episode, you know. Well, yeah, I guess maybe we'll just have to start doing something in the middle of the week. We were doing the midweek show there for a we, while. We were on there Wednesdays. for a while. What happened with that? I don't I don't know. I blame you. 
Yeah, I, I'm sure you, I, I knew you would. So, <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that we need to get back into that again because it gives something, you know, people to look forward to. Their commute, cleaning their house, Facebooking, whatever. It gives them something to listen to and something to do. Yeah. So today we have uh, a special guest, Brian, my singer. He's not your Correct. singer. He's not your singer. No. He is my singer. My singer. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brian is um, is the uh, founder of U.S. Paranormal Research, as well as my boss as a paranormal investigator. I am a member of his group. Which I will be having a conversation with Brian. Um, I'm sure you will be. Just, you know, because it's only fair. It's only fair that he knows the real, you know, because I'm an authentic guy. I believe the truth has got mm-hmm. to be out there. It's got to be put out there, man. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So, so hey, this past week, a, a huge, important movie to people in our community came out this week. And that yes. was Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. Did you like it? Absolutely. You know, it, it's same here. It's one of those things we we could talk about this for a whole show because it's it's one of those movies that is set up to fail for mm-hmm. a certain group, but right. then, then another group it's set up to just be wonderful. You know, it's how you got to put yourself in Dan Aykroyd's shoes. You know, the writers. You got to put yourself in the producers, the director. Mm-hmm. Because what you're taking on is almost impossible to pull off without some sort of criticism. Oh, you know, of course, because, you know, nowadays people can't just like a movie or they can't just like a band or they can't just like a book or whatever. It's like there, there has to be those people that no matter how much other people love it, they have to tear it down. Well, in, in all honesty... If the timing would have been right, like in the mid-90s, a Ghostbusters 3 with the original crew would have been fantastic. Right. But, you know, you I, I've seen, I've been reading the reviews, both good and bad. And, I never read them. And I, I see these, oh, I just wish it would have been the guys. Really? Could you picture these three guys carrying a whole movie now? It would just no. be those cliche jokes. That we've heard in all these movies, I'm too old for this shit, and blah blah blah. You know, it's it's right. time to move on. I think it's fantastic that Ghost Corp is a legacy that's going mm-hmm. to continue to grow and, and be something for generations to come. You got to, you know, there's some things you can't do, like you can't replace Indiana Jones. No, you know he's a character. Right. right, you you can't you can't replace Vakeman, you know. But the Ghostbusters is a, an idea, you know. And I think it, it's it's great to see that these kids, you know, are are essentially becoming the future of the Ghostbusters. And I had heard that that Jason Reitman wants to create a whole new franchise out of this. Well, Ernie Hudson slipped up. I don't know if he slipped up or if it was just kind of set on purpose, but uh, I've been watching all their interviews recently. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just cool to see them all back together. And Ernie Hudson said that they are already writing part four. That's great. Yes, fantastic. Let's let's just hope it doesn't suck. But I got to tell you something, though, Steve. The the last ten minutes of that movie, if that movie 
did not give you the feels. Mm-hmm. Oh, you yeah. are either oh, yeah. a gargoyle, an android, or a gargoyle android if such things possibly exist. Because that I, I got to tell you, man, not only did I get chills, but man, I got the feels, and it uh, it was it was a, a perfect way to end the movie. And of course, since we're not those kind of guys, there's going to be no spoilers involved here. No, but I do stick around throughout the credits do because i've seen some people actually miss them mm-hmm. or, or they said they saw the one like well no there's two <laughs> you know oh, there's more yeah you know you right. gotta stick around because because it, it it really puts things in perspective of where this franchise is going to go now i'm, I'm kind of wondering if it's going to stay with the characters that were were interested. See, like I'm, I'm trying not to say anything. Right. You know, I mean, I, I think everybody pretty much knows that these are Egon Spangler's grandkids. Right. That's plastered all over the internet, although it wasn't supposed to be, but it was. And I'm really wondering, are they going to continue with Egon Spangler's grandchildren? I believe this? so. I believe so. And Paul Rudd, and, mm-hmm. and from the the interview I just listened to uh, from a podcast this morning. Um, mm-hmm. With Dan Aykroyd, um, the way he's putting it is he said ultimately him and, you know, Bill Murray was always the crutch with getting getting one of these off the ground yeah. um, because the script wasn't right. And he loved this script and they have talked and, you know, they basically Aykroyd said that they are going to keep doing them until they're dead because that's how they want it to happen. Sure. To where you know, because that's part of ghost being a ghost, you know, right. dying. Death is a part of that, and you know, he talked about Harold Ramis a little bit, but he said that what what we're going to see in the future is he is still going to be involved. Winston is still going to be involved, you yeah. know. And again, without saying any spoilers, you know, there <laughs> there is a good reason for that. But uh, so that's cool to hear that to some degree. You know, whether maybe they're just be, have become desk jockeys, you know what I'm saying, or or or, or mentors, you know, mm-hmm. they're still going to be a part of it, which is cool. Right. Yeah. Wait, did, did you say that you heard Dan Aykroyd on a podcast? Yes. That's where you heard that? Yeah. Why can't we not get this man on our podcast? Believe me, man, I've been trying, trying you know. through and through. I know. I've been trying through and through. And it's even harder now. Because <laughs> everybody wants them now. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants a piece of this because of the new movie, sure. But, yeah, if you have not seen Ghostbusters Afterlife yet, you're doing yourself, like, a huge disservice. For me, it was definitely worthy a, a, a worthy sequel. Yeah, and, me. you know, to, to all the naysayers out there, oh, it was just fan service and nostalgia. Well, yeah. Well, of Duh. course it was. <laughs> That's what it's we want. Of, right. It's, uh, it was, you know, it, it's it's designed to be that way. I, that is the dumbest thing in the world to me when I hear people say, oh, that movie's just fan service. Well, aren't you a fan? Yeah. You know, it's like Star Wars did this. That was just for the fans. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. You know, the, you know like, like. Like, like I said, everybody's got to be a critic, and there's always got to be those people that tear stuff down. Like you were talking about reviews. I never read reviews. 
I want to be able to see it for myself. Like I made the mistake of reading a couple of reviews of the new uh, live action Cowboy Bebop mm-hmm. on um, uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Cowboy Bebop fan. It was like it's one of the, you know, only anime shows that made any kind of sense. But it's like I love Cowboy Bebop, and I made the mistake of reading one of the reviews, and then I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, "This is amazing! I love it, and I can't wait to see more." So. Yeah, you know, it's like it's the reviews, man, and the critics, all they do is they just they taint your perception. Yeah. Well, I've kind of – I like reading them just for entertainment value, but I kind of look at the ones in the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, the not the people that are glowing, not the people that are just completely negative, but those ones in the middle that really describe things like they know what they're talking about. When they're right, talking they're... about production value and writing and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah, they're but staying. They're staying neutral. It, that, that's what it should be. It's so interesting, man, because I, I had forgot about this uh, literally before you hit me up a minute ago to see if I was awake. Uh, I was writing a history on Monster Vision TV, and okay. I can't really go into too much detail as to why that is. Um, but there may be something next year Monster Vision TV is doing. And uh, this, oh, is, this is going to involve, yeah, this is going to involve a website. And you know, I thought you know it would be cool just to have a page that kind of talks about the beginning, what it became, what it was, and this, that, and the other thing. So I started like reminiscing. Like the first episode wasn't actually called Monster Vision TV. The first episode was called Phantom Works Incorporated, which you <laughs> know now has later become my production company. That's right, you know. Because we changed the name to Monster Vision TV. But the very first line ever spoken in an episode of Monster Vision TV is me and Ryan are walking out into this corridor. And I say, so this is Spook Central, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So it's like there was my like homage to the Ghostbusters. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I had totally forgot. uh, Like, listen. Smell something? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. So yeah, well, you know, so classic. I mean, it's just it's it's the the original movie. The movies are just they're highly quotable. Love them. So and I think I think some of these reviewers too need to have, have never even watched the original and they're just jumping on a bandwagon, or they did and they have just completely forgotten what it was because this one guy who who is uh, well known. Um, mm-hmm. As far as a movie reviewer, um, I want to say his review, it's Voices from the Balcony or something like that. He he okay. said that he felt the film was leaned too much towards horror and less comedy. And I started, I was like, he says versus the first Ghostbusters. And I'm thinking, motherfucker, have you even seen the first Ghostbusters? Right. The Ghostbusters, that was a horror film. With, I mean, like the first ten minutes is is a jump is you get two jump scares. Yeah, and, and you're and then you're talking about like Dana and her apartment and the in the the dog hands coming up through the and grabbing her and you know dragging her into the kitchen. I mean, that was horror. Right. That was right. horror. You know the and it wasn't even so much comedy. It was more like sarcasm. Like it was more yeah. like dark comedy. You know. So for this guy to say that this the afterlife wasn't comedy enough in compared to the original i'm thinking man you need to watch the original again yeah what is he like 
25 years old or something brother right. wasn't even right. born yet so like yeah but but you know what that 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 doesn't you know automatically discount anybody but you know it was it was great because my my wife Jamie she uh she surprised my son and I uh, Theo uh with tickets to go see it Thursday night which was an early screening and it was really neat sharing seeing this movie with my son because he's 10 Mm-hmm. When the original Ghostbusters movie came out in 1984, that's how old I was. Mm-hmm. So it was it was really great being able to share that with him. That, and, and he's seen the other he's he's seen Ghostbusters one and two and just loves that. Oh yeah, how can you not? You know, that's yeah. some that, there, those are another set of movies I'd never turn off. And you know that the same feeling that you're sharing there is is how I was with my daughter, like when when um, the Star Wars prequels came out. Yeah. You know, she had seen the original three, and it was cool taking her to, see, you know what I mean, with me to see the newer, well, you know, the the newer, older ones, however you yeah. want to say it, you know, but that that was cool, man. OG Star Wars, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, um, I think I think what we're going to do is, uh, Stephen, I think we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking with Brian Meisinger of um, U.S. Paranormal Research. Should be a great show. Yes. Got a lot of stories to tell. Yes. Rick Rick's boss is on the program today, folks. My boss. So, yeah, I better be good and friendly, I suppose. Yes. So, make sure you break a leg. The good one. The good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only one I got, Steve. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys, we will be right back with Brian Meisinger. Oh, God, it's a I'm, dad joke, man. It's already started. Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk is now available on iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and many more. To contact the hosts, visit www.shadowinitiativetv.com or email them at shadowinitiativetv.com at gmail.com that's shadow initiative tv at gmail.com we would love to hear from you we now return to shadow initiative paranormal talk with your hosts rick hale and stephen lancaster and welcome back to episode 30 of the shadow initiative paranormal talk with your hosts paranormal investigator both paranormal investigators both authors Myself, Rick Hale, and across from me is Stephen Lancaster. Joining us today is Brian Meisinger, the founder and lead investigator of U.S. Paranormal Research, as well as my boss in this crazy place that we like to call Paranormal Land. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. Welcome to the initiative. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And by the way, I'm not your boss. We work together. We work together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brian, you know, I was I was looking a little bit at, at your bio, and it's it's really impressive because you you come across as just a normal everyday guy, and that's what we like here at the Shadow Initiative. We don't really do um, celebrities here. Okay, well, yeah, like I said, yeah, absolutely. Um, I try to believe the or like to believe that I'm a, a pretty down to earth individual. Um, you know, I'm not out to to make the fame and fortune on TV and stuff with the paranormal side of it. Uh, sure. You know, don't get me wrong. It'd be great to make a couple hundred thousand bucks a year doing this, but um, <laughs> ideally it's, it's not my driving force. So, yeah. well, I think Steven and I can both tell you that you will not get rich doing this. No, no, <laughs> no, no. <clears throat> I'm so, okay with it. 
Yeah, exactly. So, you know, with with your bio, like, it, it's really excellent. Now, you're not just one of these people that saw, like, a television show, and you're like, oh, hey, that looks awesome. I would love to do that. So what is Brian Meisinger's origin story concerning the paranormal? So, as a young kid, I grew up around it. Um, you know, it was always discussed at my, you know, my grandmother's house with my uncles, my dad and whatnot. It was very spirited discussions um, about, you know, anything from ghosts to, to Sasquatch to UFOs to Loch Ness Monster. You name it, they discussed it. It was always a thing. Uh, we used to go over there, you know, for weekly dinner with grandma on the weekends and everybody just get together. You know, it was very family oriented. And um, <clears throat> I really got exposure to it. Uh, my grandmother lived in a haunted house uh, over in Richmond here in Illinois. Right. And weird things would happen there all the time. You know, as a kid, you just kind of, oh, the cabinet doors are open again. Or you hear the back door slam or you hear footsteps upstairs when you know nobody's up there, that type of thing. So I, I kind of been immersed in like i said my whole life um but what really set me down this trail uh, i had a couple experiences as as a first responder i had one um it was christmas eve and i want to say it was like 2002 2003 ish um, we got a call for a car accident uh locally on the department i used to volunteer for mm-hmm. <clears throat> we uh it was a pretty bad accident uh, it was cold it was snowing um, there was unfortunately two fatalities out of the three uh, victims in the accident. Oh, that's too bad. All very young, um, you know, teenagers. Uh, but when we got there, there was a, a, a couple kind of came out of nowhere and asked me if I had seen the boy down the street, which we didn't know that there was actually three victims at that time. We only knew of two. Uh, and I said, no, I, I didn't know there was another one because it was kind of the opposite direction of the way the car was traveling where he was located. Sure. And they said, he's over here. Went over. They covered him in a... It looked like basically something they found in a ditch. It was kind of an old ratty, flowery blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I told him, thank you. Unfortunately, his injuries just weren't compatible with life um, and whatnot. And they were standing there. And, you know, I told him, hey, can you hang around, that type of thing. You know, the police are going to want to talk to you and stuff. And they just up and disappeared, you know, and come to, th- you know, we start looking back and thinking about it. I was talking to the other guys on the crew and they're you know, like, yeah, there was no other car here. It was just us. Uh, I asked them if they saw the couple and nobody else saw the couple. Um, they saw me down there with the boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and even their dress was very strange. Uh, you okay. know, when we started looking back, the way they were dressed, they weren't dressed for the weather. Um, right. They were, and I, I call it the, the, men in black suit you know that kind of that 60s skinny tie look okay uh, and she had that almost like a flowery print almost like an eisenhower cut jacket from the 60s that women used to wear with a skirt okay and, you know a shirt that type of thing definitely not dressed for the weather um nobody else saw them we couldn't find any other footprints uh, of them all we could find was the footprints from our you know like the our fire boots mm-hmm. uh, the cops coming from that direction never saw cars going that way. It, it was just very strange. Um, and honestly, I, I believe it was a paranormal experience. There's no way that these people were there and then they weren't. And nobody else saw them. They just disappeared. Nobody could find them. We tried to find the, the people later on through the fire department. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, so, yeah. And then my, my second experience that really got me down the track of doing the investigation side of it was... Uh, 2009 my daughter was ill 
Uh, and like any parent, you worry. And yeah, of course. I woke up to my grandmother standing at the end of my bed, uh, smiling at me. And Graham had been deceased about 18 years at that point. And never said a word. She just smiled, nodded, and kind of evaporated into the thin air. And that started me down this road to answer a lot of questions. And unfortunately, I've gotten not a lot of answers, just more questions. So that's well, what I, I Right. I mean, I think that anybody can say that, but yeah, I kind of wanted to touch, you know, on the first responder thing, because you do hear a lot of great stories from first responders, firefighters, um, paramedics, police officers. I I was a security guard at a one of those, you know, super rich private um, communities about 25 years ago. And a call that I went on was uh, they the phone kept ringing or the, uh, the 911 dispatch kept getting a phone call from this house. Now the person who lived in this house had died. They committed suicide. That of course, wasn't the official story, but he had committed suicide. So 911 kept, I'm sorry, that's my dog. It's all right. Um, so, um, 911 kept getting calls. So they sent us over there, me first. So I went over there, took a look around and then they sent County over. Lake County, because Lake County, you know, service that area. And um, we were able to get access to the house. There wasn't even so much as a telephone in that house. Really? Yeah. So, you know, it's like some some of the people that I worked with, they knew the kind of thing that the kind of stuff that I was into. So it's like they loved hearing that story. Like this is like a legit ghost story that they could that they could tell everybody. Um, Smalls. Sorry about that. She she like literally barks at everything. So yeah, you know you you, you hear a lot of these great stories. And um, have you heard any stories from you know your colleagues, your coworkers? Oh, absolutely. With that, that. Um, I know of some guys in Milwaukee. There's a firehouse. I can't remember the number. The engine company up by Children's Hospital in Milwaukee. Um, constant stuff. Constant stuff going on. And. Mm-hmm. My understanding, I don't know if it's true, I haven't actually done the research on it, but they had said that a couple members of that house died at a fire um, years ago, you know, 30s or 40s or whatever it was, and it, they they believe it's them. Uh, they're okay. constantly playing jokes on it, moving stuff around, they'll ring the bells in the middle of the night for no reason, you know, they'll call down to dispatch or whatever and be like, hey, we got a call, they're like, no, you know, so things like that. Um, I know some firemen in, locally here in Lake Villa. Uh, that used to stay at the Lehman Mansion. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, oh, yeah, of course. They they used to rent out, like, rooms upstairs before okay. they turned it to, like, the community center type thing that it is. Um, and several of the firemen swear uh, to this day that they, they had, like, a common room where they had a TV for all the guys that lived there. Yeah. Uh, that one of their dogs was picked up off the floor and thrown out the window. Oh, my God. And unfortunately, the dog broke two legs in the process. You know, the dog recovered, but the dog was just laying on the ground sleeping, and the dog got lifted up and thrown out a window from the second story. Um, they, they, All the guys talk about that. And they also talk about the fact that there was the old hand crank, you know, the not quite a candlestick bone, but like the one on the wall, mm-hmm. with the old crank on the side. It would sure. ring all in the middle of the night. Right. Had no power to it, no batteries to it, but it would ring. And the joke was always, who's going to answer the phone tonight? <laughs> um, it was all the time. Uh, they talked about the the little child that they saw walking around there, who I believe drowned in the pool on the property that used to be there. Okay. Uh, 
And that, I think, is the same spirit that we talked about earlier uh, last time you and I talked the, in the church locally. Uh, oh, right. That's the same girl, actually. I think that's her. That's just my opinion. I can't verify it, obviously. But my opinion is I believe that that's the young girl that hangs out in that building because it used to be part of that estate. Right. Yeah, I've, I've visited, I, I have visited Lieben Mansion a couple of times. Um, never in a, you know, paranormal <clears throat> investigation uh, capacity. But uh, so, yeah, I have heard many times that it is very haunted, but nothing like that with throwing a dog out the window. Yeah, so, like I said, some of the guys I know, and you know, they're, they're solid guys, and they have no reason to lie to me about it. And mm-hmm. they've all said the exact same thing: that yeah, the dog got picked up, thrown out the window. Yeah. So, yeah, that's strange. Yeah, no, that really is, and that's such a a violent entity. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever really come across anything that's like that. But now, before you formed uh, U.S. Paranormal, and we'll get to that, you were a member of another group. And um, yes. how, how did that come about? Uh, what was the so, group, and how did that come about? Again, I, I had my experience when my daughter was sick. Um, mm-hmm. It took me about a year. I started really looking for local groups to do investigations with. And I, and I met a couple people. And to say, you know, paranormal investigators are strange is probably an understatement, but some of them were way more stranger than others. <laughs> yeah. um, like, you're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll call you back. <laughs> right. Um, and... I actually wound up meeting Jay Bachochin. I don't know if you know Jay. Um, I super nice guy. He is very much into the Sasquatch part now. Uh, he does a lot of work up in the Kettle Moraine. But okay. It was a, a group called WPI, Wisconsin Paranormal Investigators. And uh, I reached out to him via a friend, mutual contact, and went up, had an interview with him um, that night. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. You seem like a decent guy, you know, yada, yada, yada. Week later, I went on my first investigation with them, and we actually got to see a really cool shadow figure dart across the room. Okay. Um, so that was my first real experience paranormal hunting, as it were. Um, so can you can, can you can you elaborate more on that first investigation? Because our listeners really like to hear investigation stories. Sure. So you know, the saw a shadow person. What is yeah. it surrounding it, that? It was just a small little house, uh, nothing crazy, uh, up in uh, oh, I can't think of the town now. Uh, it's, it's like 45 minutes northwest of Twin Lakes, and I can't remember the name of the town now for the life of okay. But little house, nothing huge, nothing crazy. I think there were four of us there. Um, and we were sitting there, and uh, Alan was watching the cameras, and he's like, hey, do me a favor and go in that room, because he thought he saw something on the camera. He didn't mm-hmm. tell me. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And as I, I come around the corner, I walk into this room, this large shadow, I'd say probably six foot, six foot two in that neighborhood. Um, but it looked like a massive type shadow. I mean, it was big. Yeah. It literally darted across the room, not against the wall, which, because I thought it might have been my shadow at first, mm-hmm. but it went through the room instead of like on the walls. Freaked me out. You know, I was like, what the hell was that? You know, take a couple <laughs> steps back. Like, and, you know, it startles you. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to this day, I still get startled by some things. Um, and, and literally the hair on my neck and my arms stood up. And the room probably got 10, 15 degrees colder in that instant. And it was one of those, like, holy crap. And I yelled, holy crap, literally. Yeah. I could hear Alan on the camera side of, uh, of the monitors laughing at me. 
because <laughs> he it confirmed what he saw. It startled me, and Jay was like, "What the hell?" And I'm like, "You know what, dude? Did you see it?" And I was the only one that saw it, uh, and Alan saw it on the monitor. So, sure. <clears throat> and, then, and then again, that goes back to why we talked before that I'm a big fan of investigating in pairs because it gives you credence to the credibility of what happens, uh, as opposed to just a personal story. Uh, right. You so know, it. it cool. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because um, myself being, you know, as somebody who, you know, investigates going as far back as the 90s. And I've investigated by myself alone for years. And it was either myself or it was myself and a psychic medium. Um, But, you know, what what are some of the inherent dangers of doing it alone? Well, Again, this is the fireman paramedic side of me talking. Um, <clears throat> in, inherent dangers of investigating. Well, if you fall through a floor in a crappy old building, who's going to yeah. know? Um, you know, you, walking around in the dark, as we all know, is probably not the safest thing to do. Sure. Um, especially being a, a tall fellow like myself, I hit my head a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, steel beams are not my friend in basements. Yeah, um, yeah it, there's a lot of things that can go wrong doing it yourself you know there could be a homeless person living in that house who may be mentally ill and and might harm you no no fault of their own just because of their status but nobody would know um again in pairs there's safety in numbers and exactly that's just kind of my view on it um who would know who would know you got hurt that's the thing who would know you know if you fell through a floor you fell down a staircase or you stepped in a pothole and broke your leg and you're going to lay in the middle of the woods somewhere for days until somebody knows you're missing. Yeah. So pairs is always seems to be a better thing for me. I agree. I think, you know, and, and really like safety first, but you do occasionally get a uh, paranormal investigator who likes to fudge with evidence a little bit. Experienced it. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, you know, t- t- tell us about that experience because you did tell me a little bit about it when, when I, when <clears> had the <throat> interview. So let's, you know, let's talk about that because it does happen and it's unfortunate right. and it makes us all look terrible. Right. So again, investigating in pairs, it, it gives you the credibility to say, yes, this happened. Both of us experienced it. And, and like I talked about with uh, me and Freddie uh, mm-hmm. and, Bob, at the time, we walked through the basement up in Whitewater. We saw those legs walk across the basement from the knee down. We, we yeah. all three of us saw it. We didn't catch it on camera because I, I occupied some real estate and I was blocking the camera. Um, but all three of us saw it, so that's an, that happened. you know. And we all had the exact same thing. But returns to fudging the evidence, uh, we had an individual on our team, and I won't say names, but he got we we had a piece of evidence he was kind of in a room investigating by himself there was a ball on the table and the ball moved across the table on the video which we thought was very cool okay Uh, andy who's our tech manager actually noticed something in the video so we slowed the video down and started watching it we realized that he slouched down in the chair and was lifting the table with his knee to make the ball move Wow. And I'm like, really? You ask that? But um, so I called him out on it. And I said, "Hey, I got some questions for you." And we talked about it. He's like, "No, I didn't do. That. I didn't do that." And then I dropped a bomb on him. And I said, "You do know there was a camera in that room, right?" There was. 
like, yeah, there was, and I caught you red-handed all day long. Um, as I told that individual, that video will never see the day, light of day mm-hmm. as long as you're cool with me. The minute you start attacking me in any way, it's going to everybody and anybody I can find. Yeah. Um, and he has quite a following, and that's fine. Um, but again, no harm, no foul. You do you, I'll do me. But the sad part is, is we had four other investigations that we had done and for an event we were doing. And I had to throw all the investigations out and redo them all because, again, he was on them, and I can't trust any of that evidence. Um, it's you know I could have had the best EVPs in the world, and unfortunately, I can't use it because I can't trust it because he was there. Right. So, uh, and then, and again, I'm, I, all we have is our credibility, and you know that that speaks volumes in my head. That if you are willing to throw that stuff out and redo it, that gives you a lot of credibility as far as I'm concerned. No, I agree. I think I think Stephen, you know, will definitely agree with that because really, at, at, at the end of the day, you are being called to somebody's house or somebody's business because they think that something weird is going on, right. and it's bad enough they think they're crazy as it is. So you get somebody coming along that's going to fake some shit, and then not only does it make them think they're crazy, your client, but it makes you look bad. And yeah. I don't think that everybody understands that. Right, right. And that's why we go through you know, a vetting process with our evidence. Um, you know, each team member will take a section after an investigation, and, and then there's three or four of us that will sit down and go through all those audio clips and go through video clips, and we watch them over and over and listen over and over. And, and if we can't agree as a group, you know, uh, mm-hmm. we won't post it as evidence. And at the end of the day, if you're left with no reasonable explanation as to why that happens, then you've got something, you know. Right. But not every location is haunted. Not sure. to say that it's not haunted, but there's times you're not going to get evidence. Nothing happens. Um, prime example was uh, Edinburgh Manor in Iowa. Yeah. Supposed to be one of the most haunted places. It's on all the TV shows. Everybody's like, oh, my God, there's demons. And everybody gets to the <laughs> whatever. We went there and spent 12 hours there and had a giant goose egg. Nothing happened other than we got frostbite. Yeah. Um, so it it's their dime, their time. You know, we can't make the spirits perform. Um, I'm not a big fan of antagonizing them to get them to do things, you know. No. Yeah. And just think that leads to bad things in general. So. Right. No, I couldn't agree more. And I think Stephen would agree, right, Steve? Yeah, sorry about that. I had to <clears throat> unmute my mic. Yeah, I had that happen twice to me um, with the same individual. Uh, And the sad part about it is they are still operating as a group. And I I won't mention their names. You know, I I had my own group, but I would work with other groups. And kind of like you scratch my back, I scratch yours. They, They would invite us out on their investigations. I'd bring them in on some of mine. And in one of mine in particular... Um, one of the investigators was using those magnetic, uh, you know, alphabet letters, you know, you put on the fridge or whatnot and, you know, to see if something would get spelled out. Well, of course, like, like you, I had a camera in the room that nobody knew about. And this particular investigator from this other team went over there and spelled out something. Okay. And then left the room and allowed my investigators to find it and believe that that was something truly paranormal. So... Of course, I call, called them out on it, never worked with them again. A few years later, I saw them on TV, 
uh, back when my ghost story was a thing. And they, they were retelling one of their investigations that I happened to be with them on and still mm. had the video footage. And they were talking about this certain door that was opening and closing on its own. Well, on the show, they said nobody was in that room behind that door. To me, when I was investigating with them, they flat out told me that their investigator was sitting behind the door. So it was obvious they were right. faking it then, you know. So I all ties. So, yeah, man, you got to because it does come down to credibility and because all it takes is that one time and, and nobody's ever going to believe you. Oh, yeah. And I've heard from other local investigators that we've worked with. The same individual has been caught a couple times by them doing stuff like that. So my theory is or my take on it is that then why are you doing this? Um, you know, why I'm here to. Document and play in the paranormal. Not play. I shouldn't use the word play. Experience the paranormal and try and find evidence. And if you're going to go out there and fake stuff, then you're nothing more than a performer at that point. Yeah, yeah. You're in the wrong. You're in the wrong field. You should go into theater. Simple as that. Um, But like you said, Rick, it it just damages our credibility and makes us look like fools. And you know, people are like, "Oh, okay, sure, whatever." You know. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's not good. Unfortunately, it is like almost like a a blight in the paranormal. It seems to be a thing commonly. Um, and that's sad. It is. So um, you mentioned, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about television shows. I want to talk about that some more. You also mentioned that doing events. I want to talk about that because it's something that Stephen and I we've talked about uh, many times on this show. Is the uh, you got paranormal investigations, and then you have paranormal tourism. So what I think we're going to do is, is we're going to take a little bit of a break. And you know, sure. Brian, if you could stick around, I want to touch on those two things. And um, and you know, we'll do that when we come back. So this is the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Stephen and Rick. Joining us today is Brian Meisinger of U.S. Paranormal Research. Um, stick around when we come back. We're going to be talking TV. We're going to be talking events and tours. So hang out with us. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, the Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive.
Welcome back, my friends, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with me, Stephen Lancaster, unfortunately, Rick Hale. And today we are talking to the great Brian Meisinger. We were having an argument before, Brian, whether you were my singer or his singer, but I'm just hoping maybe a metal singer. That's what I, that's, yeah, that's, that's where I'm going. You know, honestly, not a big metal guy. Uh, oh. But I will listen to anything and everything. Uh, metal doesn't bother me. It's just not my forte. It's not my go-to. That's cool. Just don't ever bring up Morrissey around Rick. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't ever do that. Oh, I get that. Yeah. yeah, that's a problem for everybody. I wish. I. You know what, Stephen? When you make those jokes, I wish that the people listening to this could see my face because they are just the I lamest dad jokes. I don't. They don't. They. They don't wish that. Don't wish that upon people, man. That's just. That's bad. Right. So, uh, Brian, um, before before we took a break, you mentioned two things. You mentioned television, and you mentioned doing events. Um, mm-hmm. Let's touch on television. What what are your thoughts concerning paranormal television? Because no matter how much it seems that they fake shit on these shows, they still have quite the cult following. Yeah, I I mean, the boils down to TV's TV, and ratings are ratings. Um, you know, I I think that some of it is very credible. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the TV shows, and I think others, I mean, not not to name names, I think we know who we're talking about. I mean, who really gets possessed at every investigation, really? I mean... Oh, I do, uh, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's just been... <laughs> it doesn't... I've been doing it for like 10 years investigating, or 11 years, and it hasn't happened once. I've been scratched a couple of times, but um, never possessed, and I hope to never experience that. But I, I just... I don't know. I just don't see that happening at every location. Um, you know, it seems a little far-fetched to me. Yeah. Um, but I, I think ultimately ratings are ratings. Um, you know, they, they got a product to sell. They're, they're there for entertainment. I think mm-hmm. there are shows that are more credible than others. Um, and I think they're in it for the right reason. Sure. And, you know, you see some of their evidence, you're like, okay, yeah, I could see that. You know, it, it, I've experienced those things myself. And um, others, you're just like, oh, why is this even on TV? This is a complete joke. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's it, TV's TV, and that's what it boils down to. It's for ratings. Right. Yeah, you, you, kind, of, you kind of touched on the whole possession thing. Um, in 30 years for me of investigating hauntings, I've never come across anything that I would call a demon. Now, I've come across a few um, real asshole human spirits. I mean, and, and their behavior was just as demonic as so-called demons. But at our meeting, you did talk a little bit about that. I mean, what are your thoughts on demons, and what is this case that you had where you um, had to give stuff over to the Chicago Archdiocese? I, we, we were called into a home in Elgin, um, and it's on it's on no Native American land, that type of mm-hmm. thing. And I was working with uh, – excuse me one second. Get out of here, flea bus. Um, <clears throat> I was working with uh, Dana Stricker on it. Okay. She asked us to go down and help with it. And I, so I went down there one day with her and some very, very weird things happened in that house. Uh, we, we heard a growl, very distinct growl from upstairs when there was nobody upstairs. Uh, we would find, they, they put the, the coarse salt out to kind of help, I guess, and like the lines across doors so the spirits wouldn't cross it type thing to try and, because it was attacking the youngest in the family, the young girl. Okay. And they put up uh, those little, you know, like cameras, drop cameras everywhere. And they got some 
very bizarre things like flashes of lights and sounds on there, growls and, and doors slamming. And so I had gone upstairs to see what was making the noise because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And on the floor in the salt were these weird symbols. Um, okay. I can't really describe what it was. It's like an S with like a line and some other stuff. And it was also like almost like smeared on the wall, which almost looked like a, a blood or a feces type material. Okay. Which I very strange because it wasn't there before. Gross. Okay. Yeah. Um, the house had a very oppressive, heavy feeling upstairs. Uh, the attic access would vibrate, which mm-hmm. can be caused by drafts and suction at home sometimes. Um, but it, it would just sit there and vibrate. So, yeah, we uh, did some digging on the property. and Get out of here. And uh, did some digging on the property, found out, you know, the Native American area and that type of thing. And, and we talked to the archdiocese a little bit about it. And basically they took over the case. Um, and we never heard another word about it. Uh, they did tell me that the writing, like the, the salt on the floor of the smear, is what they called angel script. Okay. Which I, I didn't know that was actually a, a thing. Apparently, um, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were symbols and angelic script, and basically it's it's writing its name in a symbol is what we were told, and that was the last we heard of it. it that is, um, yeah, well, I, you said that it was attacking the uh, a child yes. in the house. Um, did it? I mean, did it ever really like occur to you or or anybody that you weren't really dealing with something like an entity, but you know, perhaps you know, a poltergeist type situation? Right. And I asked that, and I brought that up um, that maybe it is a poltergeist or an attachment type thing, or I, I wasn't sure. Um, again, who's really actually sure in all this in the big scheme of things? You know, it, it's it's an educated guess at best in our field. Sure. Um, and they seem pretty pretty adamant that there was a lot more than that going on mm-hmm. uh showing them the videos of the young girl like waking up in the middle of the night walking across the room literally like backwards uh things like that and, and standing over her her sister or bro- i forget what it was sister or brother standing over their bed just like for hours standing there staring at them it, it, just very weird stuff like that um now could it have been some kind of a sleep disorder sure absolutely uh yeah but or again, even a mental illness Right. Just there was so much going on there that we contacted them, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, they they were like, "Yes, we're going to take this," and that was that. So, yeah, never heard another word about it. Yeah, that's really. You know, I've 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 actually heard that from other investigators who believe that they've come across something that was diabolical. That mm-hmm. they contacted, you know, the the the, the, the their archdiocese or their church, and then they, those guys they just sort of swoop down, take it over. And completely get rid of everybody else that's involved, which I think is a huge disservice to to not only your client but to the field as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think we would like a little closure on it too, as to what's mm-hmm. going on. Uh, it'd be nice to know, you know, and, and to continue continue to help in any way if we can. Um, but again, I, I think you're right. It's it's kind of a disservice. I think that we should be included in it, but again. <laughs> The Catholic Church has been kind of ruling with an iron fist on a lot of things for thousands of years, so I, I you know, I can see that side of it too. Um, they're a very secretive organization in general. Sure. Uh, so yeah, it it is what it is, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But honestly, hi. Yeah. 
She's horrible. How many cats do you have? Because I only saw two when I was over last week. Three, three or something around here. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> the one's a nervous wreck. You'll never see her anyways. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I, I wish we could get more involved with stuff like that. Um, sure. On a, on a, I don't, I guess, biblical or church type level, and you know, and, and get more feel into it. Right. You know, Stephen, you have uh, some very strong opinions on this subject. What, how, do, um, what do you think about what Brian just said? You know, do you think that it was could possibly have been a real diabolical? Uh, it's possible. You know, I've always subscribed to the idea that. <sighs> You know, I'm not so much a demon guy. Um, so it, I look at it as if you were a, a murderer, a rapist, a child molester, you know, if you were just an all-around evil person by definition in real life, 10 to 1, you're going to be the same in the afterlife, only with attributes we don't have. So. Right. You you never hear me say the demon word. Now, now there's other colleagues of mine that will because they're religious. They subscribe to that. They believe that. But but I think many times when that word demon is thrown out, it's either just an an evil person, an evil entity, you know, a bad entity for lack of a better word, or or if we're talking possession, it's it's mental illness. Um, it's it's attention seeking. There, there's just so many. It's something psychological. There, there there's so many things. Um, right. I really like. I, I don't know if you guys have watched the, the. It's a fairly new show called Evil. Yeah. No, I've seen it. Yeah. It's it, it's a pretty it's pretty cool, and I kind of like it as a paranormal investigator because it's about the Catholic Church using a paranormal investigator, your debunker guy, your psychologist to research these cases of supposed exorcisms. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's actually a really good show. It's well-written. Yeah, I agree. I have, I have, uh, I have yet to see it. But, um, yeah, you know, after so many years, it's like, I, like, like Stephen, it's like, I'm not like both of you. I'm not really a demon guy myself. But the way that I say it to people is, is we don't know enough about the um, spiritual realm to right. say that, this does exist or this doesn't exist. I can only go off of three apparitions that I've seen and many other um, personal experiences with with human spirits that are just as bad as any demon. Well, you know, Rick, I kind of, and Brian, you may agree, I kind of explain it to people because I, I find myself even fighting clients because they, they've got that TV mentality. What they see on TV is how we should be conducting ourselves. Um, I've literally been asked, Brian, where's the camera crew when I've showed up to investigate, you know, but I kind of tell people if a human being can do it, that means it can be done in the afterlife because I've, I've seen violent things happen to people, whether they've been pushed or thrown or picked up. I've seen objects thrown, you know, uh, threats. These are all things that we can do ourselves. I have yet to really see something like lightning coming out of it somewhere, you know, or some portal opening up. It's it's all physical things that can be done by a human being. So that leads me to believe the same can be done by spiritual energy. I mean, don't you guys agree? Yes. It's, it's, it's just like, you know, orbs, uh, kind of the same thing. You know, I, 99% of the time we know it's dust, we know it's moisture, we know it's 
whatever in the air a bug. I've seen two really good ones in the time I've been doing this. I think out of all of them, and you know, we the like you said, the portal opening. I wouldn't call it a portal, but it was basketball sized in a basement. A ball of light just appeared out of nowhere and did a couple circles in the room and disappeared. You know, it's, what do you do with that? You know, it's it's kind of like, okay, that just happened. Cool. Um, right. Again, it's almost like the spirits know where the cameras are. Um, I, I, I'm sure you guys have witnessed that almost firsthand where you, you've seen like shadow movement or whatever. And it's like literally behind the camera every time, you know, wherever sure. the camera's, it's like they avoid them. It's like they know. Yeah. And this is the same thing. It missed, you know, avoided the camera, this ball of light completely. Right. You know, I, I, I will actually um, adv- advise a client. Don't talk about me coming there. Yes. Because I don't want something to be like, oh, this paranormal investigator is coming. He's a ghost hunter. We're going to get him or we're going to go and hide. I, I tell them it's like just be keep it as natural and real as possible. I do the don't same thing. Talk about it coming. I do the same thing, but it's because I just don't want to be swarmed by like fans. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. He well, oh, Brian, oh. I did, Brian <laughs> did, did I forget to tell you that we are in the presence of the self-proclaimed world sexiest ghost hunter? The gray fox of the paranormal, Rick. I told you I changed it. All right. Oh, that's right. So, okay, the, the gray this, this fox of the paranormal. Just, just like, <laughs> <laughs> no, so absolutely. Brian, okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say with the orbs, the other one was uh, we had one that, that on film that followed one of our investigators around a room making 90-degree turns, and, and bugs don't make 90-degree turns, and neither does dust. So and it was self illuminating, which was very cool. Um, so yeah, that was that probably what's the only cool, two I've really seen. What's cool about what you said is I, I'm kind of on the same page as you. Um, out of the thousands of pictures we've looked at, you know, or video thousands, you know, what? Oh what, my god! For for us, millions. Of yeah, right, right. Okay, well, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, when when it does what what brian just said when it when it goes against physics <laughs> you know right. like i've lit the the one that i find credible and i think a few shows back we talked about it rick was the one mm-hmm. at that restaurant that literally stopped and hovered and then moved again you know what i mean right. there isn't even an insect that can stop and do that in midair you know that was right. cool. or a raindrop right you know right Right, yeah. And one of the other cool ones, I, I don't know if it's so much an orb as it is, it was just very cool to us uh, in our in the local uh, Mason's uh, establishment in town, the Lodge. Mm-hmm. It kind of appeared out of nowhere, but it looked like basically two ice cream cones with you know those ice cream on top, those shapes put together, making a spin through the room. I've never seen dust or bug or anything like that. I thought that was very cool as well. Yeah. It's just so- a weird shape, but... You know, I, I think I once read that that a sphere is the easiest uh, form for energy to take. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, if 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 a ghost is energy per se, then yeah, I guess it would stand to reason that it is able to show itself as like you know an amorphous blob or a ball of of energy. Sure. Yeah. Look, at, look at what an atom is. You know. Right. Sure. A ball, a ball lightning. Um, you know, even when you're like welding the sparks that come off and everything are typically a round ball. It, it, 
round is the easiest shape I would think there is. Absolutely. Sure. Now, you you uh, you did mention, uh, Brian, um, that doing events, and we talked a little bit about that at our interview. Um, now, Stephen and I, we talk about this quite a bit on the show. Uh, paranormal tourism versus actual paranormal investigation. Um, but let's talk first, you know, before we get to your views on that, let's talk about the events that you have done. And I know that you've worked with Ursula Bielski, correct? Yeah, well, we, we did some tours for her. Um, she called and asked if we could help do some of her, her local tours when she was doing the bus tours in Lake County. So we ran a couple of those to some locations and whatnot. Yeah, we helped her with that. Sure. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a fun day. It's a long day, but it's a fun day. Uh, yeah, so we've done that a few times. Uh, we've done security work with the local high school. Um, as far as doing like a, a ghost hunt night in town here where we live, where I live in Antioch. Um, so we set up some of the establishments that we've investigated that we've caught evidence at. We did a presentation and it raised money so that they could buy a, what is it, the Chromebook, I think it's called? Yeah. Uh, for, for a school in Puerto Rico after the hurricanes. So they could raise a bunch of money and buy some of those for the students down there. So we did an event for that, a charity event. Um, we've done, pardon me, uh, a Hunt the Town that we did here in 2018, I believe it was, actually this week, uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did the same thing. We had, you know, some of the TV stars came in. We had some speaking events. You know, people were speaking. It was kind of an all-day thing. We did a tour at night. We did an investigation at night on some of the locations. Uh, let the people play with the equipment and stuff like that. And then we do uh, we did the Whitewater Spirit Tour the last four years or five years we've done that up in Whitewater, Wisconsin, which we show them evidence of stuff we've investigated. Um, Whitewater, Wisconsin is kind of known as the Second Salem, right? Because of the spiritualism, the Morris Pratt Institute, and whatnot, the Witch's Tower up there. So yeah, we did you know kind of show to people uh, on the tour what we caught as far as evidence that type of stuff from sure. our investigations up there. Now. You know, uh, paranormal tourism is definitely not the same as paranormal investigation. Right. Um, you, I've, I've taken tours with uh, Tony Zabelski and Jack Chavez. Okay. I know that you know them, right? Yeah. Um, nice guys. I think, they're, I think they both know what they're talking about. They're stand-up guys. And, and I asked them, do you think that you as a paranormal investigator have a responsibility to – more or less keep it real when you're doing investigations. How do you keep keep it real during these uh, these events? Well, one, don't bullshit people. Correct. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that most people can smell a bullshit artist a mile away. Um, it's like, you know, talking to a used car salesman. It, not a fan, you know. If, if you tell them your actual experiences, and again, this goes back to having two or three people investigating with you and seeing the same stuff that they can corroborate what you're telling the people, mm-hmm. you know, what's happened here. And they're like, yes, absolutely. We experienced this. So it gives you some buy-in um, as far as that. And, and keeping it real is don't lie to them. You know, they're not children. Don't talk down to them. Um, and we're not there to create any paranormal incidents for them. If it happens, mm-hmm. great. if it doesn't, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do about it. And, and a good example of that is there's a, historical museum here in town that we've investigated a number of times and it's a great location uh, we've got a really good working relationship with them and they allow us to use the facility from time to time you know as as a training site or just hey you know not a lot going on in the investigations let's go over there and investigate for a, or two um, sure 
and we've gotten to the point where, you know, they're like, okay, the alarm is here, set this, set that, turn this key, lock the door on your way, I'll call me in the morning. So it's kind of nice to have that, that working relationship with them. It's nice to be but trusted now like that. It is. It's fantastic. Uh, but one of the high school events that we did with the high school school, we did it for a couple of years, and I think we're actually going to do one next year for them. Uh, one of the mannequin hands that they have, you know, the period dress in the museum actually turned about 20 degrees, the hand itself on it. Okay. Six people stood there and watched it. Three of the investigators from the team. Hey, hey stay right there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no problem. She's, she's a shit. Um, <clears throat> and this hand turned, but nobody thought to pull out a phone and record it. We were all just kind of dumbfounded. By it. And, <laughs> Man, uh, seriously, cats just do not give a fuck. <laughs> no, no. She's got zero F. Yeah, she's she's... She owns the house. I just pay the mortgage. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it was one of those events that nobody bothered, like I said, to take out a phone or record it because we were all just kind of standing there with our mouths open watching this thing happen in front of us. But six people stood there and watched the hand turn probably 15 to 20 degree rotation. No reason for it to do that. Yeah. That was very cool. But, yeah, absolutely. You got to keep it, like you said, you got to keep it real. Uh, there's no room for fluff. There's no room for faking. There's no, there's no reason for it. If it happens, like I said, great. If it doesn't, you know, we can't guarantee paranormal activity. That's one of my favorite, favorite statements I ever hear when we go on. Like, you know, my wife and I go on a trip and we'll take the tour. Oh, we guarantee paranormal activity. Really? Yeah. Guarantee. guarantee. You know what? I, I, I actually okay. saw that when uh, we were in Gettysburg uh, this past summer. And then we're going to take a, We're going to take a short break before that. Um, but yeah, I saw that at a, a couple places in Gettysburg. Like, we guarantee that you're going to see a ghost, and it's like, no, this is very much spontaneous yes. phenomena. You cannot guarantee that you're going to see that because then, again, that makes you look stupid. It makes you look the it makes the field look stupid as well. So here's what we're going to do, Brian. We're going to take another break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about U.S. paranormal. We'll wrap it up with that sure. and. Um, so you are listening to the paranormal. Uh, you are listening to paranormal investigator uh, Brian Meisinger on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We'll be right back. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you. The Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons, Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois, and Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror, and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you True Case Files of a Paranormal Investigator and Dark Spirits, a Man Terrorized by the Supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. She's alive.
And welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Stephen and Rick. Uh, we're going to wrap things up with Brian Meisinger, who has been our guest. He is the founder and lead investigator of U.S. Paranormal Research. So, Brian, you have this uh, new group, and you're you're kind of going through some restructuring at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, re- retooling, bringing new people in, whatever. Where do you see U.S. Paranormal Research going in the future? Um. Well, if, if I could see the future, I could tell you. But honestly, um, my, my biggest goal is I want to investigate. I want to have fun. Um, I want to do it properly. I want to make sure we do it right. Uh, and, you know, there's there's always personality conflicts. Things happen. Um, people get jaded for some reason. Or Honestly, you've been in the paranormal long, long enough to know that egos run high and, and oh, conscious. Yes. It is what it is. I mean, look at Steven over there. I'm surprised he can make it through the door at the time with his head. Right. That giant head through the door. That's um, what you get, son. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things, like I said, we're, we're going through some gear shifting, if you will, and a bit of a change. And, you know, it happened in 2014 uh, when, when WPI kind of imploded. Mm-hmm. And U.S. Paranormal Research was formed here on my deck over some beers and a couple of pizzas and and we, we changed some things and again it is what it is it changed it is what it I, nothing i can do about it um, unfortunately you know feelings are hurt it is what it is and yeah for no reason i don't understand a lot of what happened um i just don't get it but moving forward in the future uh the ultimate goal is just to have fun it is to enjoy each other's company to be a family um and the biggest thing is, is, as I've always said, and I told you the same thing, family first, work, then here. Mm-hmm. And, and that family comment goes, if, you know, you call me in the middle of the night and say, bring a shovel, a rope, some lime, and don't ask questions, I'll be there. I'm okay with that. <laughs> no, um, don't judge Right? <laughs> uh, but it's the kind of thing, like you said, you know, I need to put a door up in my house. Okay, well, good. Let's do this. Uh, or, you know, Andy had an incident last spring or last fall or whatever it was during a storm. Uh, a tree fell over on his mom and dad's house in the car. They couldn't get out of the house, that type of thing. Couldn't move the car. So he called and we showed up with chainsaws and cut the tree up in about a half hour and got it off the cars and out of the front of the house, you know. Um, this is what we do. We want to help each other. That's the biggest goal for us. That um, is friendship. Yeah, absolutely. And and in general, my family kind of sucks. So, you know, I, I look at my, my team here, or our team, as I like to say, I'm not a big fan of mine and me and I. I like we, us, and, you know, whatnot. Um, that, yeah, we're family. You guys are, are my family, and whatever it takes, we'll, we'll make it happen. So, fantastic. Biggest thing is, let's have fun. That's that's the ultimate goal. Let's have fun and let's investigate and hit a lot of cool spots and take our yearly trips and let's have a good time. Sounds good. All right. Well, Brian, we have come to that point in the show that Stephen and I like to call shameless self-promotion. So if you have anything that you need to promote, if you have any information that that you would like people to hear um, or you just want to tell people where they can find you, that it is now your time to do it and go. Um, so we are U.S. Paranormal Research. Uh, we are on Facebook under that title. Um, like I said, likes and shares aren't my driving force, but it's always kind of cool to see your numbers go up. Uh, we are on Instagram as well under U.S. Paranormal Research. And our website, which is currently being rebuilt, thank you, GoDaddy, uh, change server didn't tell us, um, <clears throat> is usparanormalresearch.com. 
and most of our investigations will be back on there. You'll be able to listen to evidence and audio and video, that type of stuff. Sure. Uh, as far as the shameless promotion goes, I am uh, a woodworker as well. So if you're in the Antioch, Lake County, Kenosha County area or McHenry and you need countertops or woodwork, look me up <laughs> I'm under Woodchuck's Wood. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, we're uh, we're all over the place. But, yeah, if you need help, like I said, with the paranormal stuff, we, we'll be there. Uh, we don't charge anything. Um Anybody that charges you, I have zero tolerance for. I think that's inappropriate. Uh, Agreed. Yeah. We, we're happy to help, and we will try to get you answers in any way we can. If you need us, please, by all means, reach out. We have a contact button on our Facebook and our website. So oh, Outstanding. Thank you so much, Brian, for joining us on the show. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to working with you in the future. Absolutely. Um, as well as everybody else in the group. So thank you so much for coming on the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with myself, Rick Hale, and Stephen Lancaster. Stephen, you there? Oh, okay, yeah. I didn't know if it was my turn to talk, Nader. <laughs> yeah, but th- yeah, thank you for coming on, Brian. I look forward to sure. hearing the, the stories and the stuff he about the investigation. He tries to make me look bad, Brian. He Try. just tries to make me look bad. But no, go ahead. Bye. No, I, was just saying, I, I look forward to, to hearing about this new new endeavor. Uh, yeah, with Rick, and you know, I apologize ahead of time for for anything that may come from that. Honestly, but, we're we're happy to have him. Um, and he, I think he's going to be a great asset. Honestly, I, he comes with a really good reputation. Uh, I do my research, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. We don't just invite anybody and or take anybody on the team. So uh, we we go through a process. Uh, Rick has experienced it. I mean, we sit down and get to know you a little bit and talk. So. They grilled um, yeah. me, Stephen. They grilled me. As was, they should have. <laughs> there was a little bit of crying, but it was okay. <laughs> My back bad. hurts. <laughs> yeah, you got you a good one, Brian, in all seriousness. I'm I'm excited for you guys, and I, I look forward to seeing just the entire yeah. thing grow. Yeah, and we've got an investigation coming up in January, by the way, or actually possibly two of them now lined up, so that'll be yes. awesome. Sounds good. So, all right, thank um, you, Kyle. Have me. Can't appreciate about it. Thank you, Brian. Tell uh, tell Kay I said hi. Will do. Thank you. Have Thanks. a good night. All right. Bye. Are you a fan of Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Leave the hosts a review and your thoughts on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Music, Ghana, Jayasab, or wherever you enjoy the show. We now return to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with Stephen and Rick. Um, so yeah, Stephen, there goes Brian. Great guy. I am pleased to be a part of his group because they I, because they are honest and like he said, you know, he does his research. I do my research as well, and I will not ever work with somebody that i think is a chuckle fuck so there you go <laughs> yeah yeah he's a stand-up guy man you know i didn't I, I i of course did some research on the guy um when when we were you know you said we were going to bring him on and uh I, I like it i like what i see man he, he seems he's in in tune with with our philosophies you know which mm-hmm. are the correct philosophies you know the way it should be um sure so that's awesome man and it was some good discussion, you know, because I'm sitting here like my brain is just churning like, damn, we could have talked another 20 minutes about this. We could have talked another 20 minutes about that. I mean, because it, it seems like uh, the interview just went by 
way too fast, but then I thought, ah, uh, he's just going to sound like us. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, here's, here's the great thing. I already have his permission. Um, when we, when we do investigations, I will be writing them down. Awesome. I will be keeping, keeping track of it. Um, you know, posting it in, in, in our, in our groups and, and websites as well as posting it with uh, paranormalstudy.com. So, you know, and also too, I'm, I'm hoping that it will, uh, you know, open up a sequel to my second book, Behold, Shocking True Tales of Terror and some other spooky stuff. Yeah, you know, who knows, Rick, what it's going to open up. You know, as I told you earlier in the show, as I'm working on kind of a retrospect of, of my career for something that's going on, you know, I would have never predicted the things that happened. You know, I would have never predicted a first book, let alone a sixth coming out next yeah. year. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah. I'm excited for you guys. And I'm, uh, I'm excited to, to hear about um, these investigations and, and the do's and don'ts and what you found or what you didn't find. And I think our listeners will really enjoy that too. You know, listening to active investigators and, and hearing, you know, the, these untapped uh, investigations that aren't household names, you know, right. Right. Which is really yeah. cool. But something, you know, I wanted to talk about as we can do as kind of our closing argument um, okay. is, you know, both, both you and I started out solo. We flew solo, man. Right. You know, uh, many years, you know, myself was a good 10, maybe, maybe nine or 10. And, and until I decided to take on a colleague, which was Ryan, and, and then it kind of grew from there into a team. And it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Because, you know, I, I like what Brian talked about, you know, from his perspective, you know, the firefighter, paramedic perspective, that kind of thing. And the safety um, issues that, that could arise if you're flying solo. Sure. You know, so it's good to have, you know, you were saying it's good to have somebody with you, the buddy system kind of concept. Um, mm -hmm. But I think both methods have their pros and cons. Would you not I agree. agree? No, I, I totally would agree. Um, and, you know, and, and I think one of those, one of those being that it's, I will, I will not work with somebody unless I trust them completely. Mm -hmm. Like, because... You have people I've I've worked with people in the past who are just straight up jackasses, man. And like you know, with you know Brian mentioned about you know people faking evidence and stuff like that. I've had that happen. So it's really difficult to find somebody that you trust. So I think that that's where you know flying solo is is a good thing because you mm -hmm. can trust yourself, right? And you know, with the I, that it was very very difficult for me initially to work with somebody else to work with ryan it, it was very difficult when he kind of uh presented it to me like hey i'd like to start coming along with you let's start this crew you know blah 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 because i always viewed it as if i'm the only one in the building i'm the only one accountable so sure. if i get something i knew immediately that there wasn't somebody else in the building to have caused noise contamination or video contamination or, or, or any kind of hokey stuff, you know, with a group, you've always got to have that in the back of your head. Okay. Where was this person at the time this happened? Where was this person at the time this happened? Was that EVP really an EVP or was it somebody mumbling through the wall? You know, so there's a lot of what ifs when you're with the team 
And at mm-hmm. the same time, these individuals, like we talked about the fraud, they represent you whether you want it that way or not. So if one of your team members gets arrested for something or one of your team members is on drugs or, or one of your team members fakes something, that comes down on everybody. Yeah. It comes down on everybody. But on the flip side, having a larger group, you can benefit from when you're getting these grand locations. Like try doing the Battleship North Carolina efficiently by yourself. Forget about <laughs> it. You know, forget yeah, about it. That's going to take you a good month or two. You sure. know, try, yeah, try the Biltmore. You know, I mean, forget about it. It's that's where. So it's it's kind of a double edged sword. Like there's pros and cons to to both. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I've I've belonged to um, two large groups. Like the the group that I was a part of, I, I left them about five or six years ago. Maybe it was seven years ago. Um, there there was like ten or twelve people in this group, all on one investigation. And we primarily did um, uh, private homes. So it's like you've got like 10 or 12 people traipsing through a single family home. You're going to wind up stepping over each other and there's going to be false positives mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But and, and that's one of the things that um, kind of attracted me to Brian's group is, is that when they do investigations, they do two people. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing of like I will never belong to a group again got completely thrown out because of that and that alone. Yeah, you know, there, there's a lot that can happen that can make you jaded, you know, because you, you do, you know, I started thinking about all the former members, you know, all the former colleagues I worked with, and some of them were the fame seekers, you know, and sure. that, that was saddening, you know, to hear like, oh, man, you know, or, or like, like I said, I, I, I've never really caught any of my own um faking anything now mm-hmm. over exaggerating oh for yeah. sure for sure you know yeah. um but i think that can happen to anybody in the moment you know so i don't i don't i don't kind of hold that against too many people but uh because you're not that person you don't know what they felt at that moment you know Right, but, right. Yeah, man, another good show under our belt, episode 30. What do we got going on for 31? Well, for 31, it's just going to be, uh, it's it's going to be you and I. So we're going to be, you know, oh. we're going to, yeah, I know. I know, God, believe me, I know, Stephen. Um, so, you know, it's going to be Ghost Watch, Creature of the Week. We're going to have something to talk about. However, joining us after that, the first Saturday, the first Saturday of um, of December, we are going to be talking to... Uh, Kit Tinsley about vampires, my absolute second favorite thing to talk about in the paranormal uh, in a paranormal land. Yeah, and then we've got um, the 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 epidemic lady. The, oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. We're going to be talking to uh, is it Gail or is it Brittany? Gail. Yeah, we're going to be talking to Gail. So yeah, we're going to be talking to uh, Gail Stibbs from Episidium Paranormal. Uh, Stephen and I, we've both we've both been on their show. Yeah, and and I actually think her interview is our one year anniversary as a show. I think I'll have to look at the dates. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. I don't know why, but it's, I'm just trying to remember. You know, hey, it's been a year because that's going to be important. You know, right? We've made it one a year around year. this initiative block. Yeah, and it's it's funny too because we've talked about this before. A lot of these shows they come and go, man. Yeah, they you do. know they do they man. do. They do a couple episodes and then they're just they're done. 
or they keep rebranding themselves to whatever's popular or you know it's just like come on man just just stick to it just just stick to what you're doing you right. know that's like if and when i do this proposed project in february or march it's going to be a monster vision tv project because that's who i am you know it's not going to be just some different whatever's popular at the moment you know whatever sure. but sure so cool man um well look dude ha- uh unless we do a show wednesday uh okay. have a great thanksgiving to you and your yeah you you too yeah thank you know and it's 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 always very special to me coming up on the holidays because this 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 thursday will be my fifth anniversary of being told that I had cancer, and then I was going to be losing my leg because of said cancer. Wait, so the you, holiday, you learned this on Thanksgiving. Well, what, what, well, around Thanksgiving, I don't think oh, Thanksgiving okay. was. Yeah, I, I think that I learned that I, I was diagnosed with this a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So with each and every holiday season, it's very special to me, very special to my family. That for whatever the universe, the you know the gods or the universe have you know given me another year on this earth yeah that's awesome man we're all grateful for that and and you know uh hold on i'll come back to this joke but uh, we want everybody out there in shadow initiative land to have a great thanksgiving whatever you celebrate whatever you believe just be with your loved ones have a good time it's been a rough couple years for everybody out there and you know just be thankful for what you have and that we're all still here to be able to to talk and and listen and, and all that good stuff um but on to the joke before we go you uh-huh. know rick what you ought to do and i'll have to think of a clever name for it but you should have your own version of festivus and instead of it being an aluminum bar you should pass your leg around to everybody <laughs> so when they're airing their grievances they, like a gift in it yes when they're airing their grievances they have to be holding your leg dude that would be awesome that you know what i'm going to have to bring that up to jamie i think that jamie would find that hilarious yes i'll, I'll think of a clever name you just give me okay. some time <laughs> but with that being get, said guys be sure to join us on facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative where you can listen to this podcast of course you can listen to it anywhere um rick's always posting cool stuff cool articles he's written um it was a ghost study is that it um for ghost ghost study ghoststudy.com uh, no paranormal study.com paranormal i just read the last one on oh, why would you buy that um <laughs> But anyway, uh, check that stuff out, guys. You can always check out our any episode you want at ShadowInitiativeTV.com, soon to be altered to ShadowInitiativeTalk.com. I've got that in the works as well. So, oh, go ahead. Well, I just wanted, I wanted to throw this also in there as well. If, if you can, please leave a review. Um, you know, you can tell you can tell us what you don't like, what you like. You could talk about how awesome I am and how much you dislike Steven. It's fine. I'm used he's to got it. Big, she's got, he's got big shoulders. You know, he's the self-proclaimed know. world's sexiest ghost hunter. That's not what Christina says. Whatever. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, just just uh, let us know. Leave us a review. That would be really appreciated. Yeah, we, we really want the communication because we see the, the stats. We see the... The uh, analytics on our on our uh, podcast, we know what you're listening through. 
Um, we know where you come from. We just don't know your address, so don't get creeped out. But, you know, and that's like we, we saw that we had a huge fan base in India, you know, so we did a show specifically uh, based on, you know, India haunts, you know, so communicate with us, guys. If there is something you want us to talk about specifically, we will gladly do it. Or if there's something we have talked about and you kind of want to throw your two cents in, let us know. Interact. Yeah, let us know. We, 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 we are dying to know what you think. So far, we've had one review on yes. Amazon. Yes. One review. Yes. Keep them coming. That's all yeah. we Yeah, I mean, we're very accessible. We are not like these assholes on TV. We enjoy this, and we want to talk about this kind of stuff, and, and we want to talk with you. So hit us up. There you go. All right. Well, hey, great show, Stephen. Yes, sir. Great talking to Brian Meisinger. He's a hell of a guy, and I'm really looking forward to working with uh, him and his, as well as his group. Yeah, even though he's not really into metal music, I'm going to let that one slide. I'm going to let it slide. Yep. Because okay. so, he hates Morrissey, so that kind of <laughs> leveled, leveled him out. Oh, God. Please don't even get me started on Morrissey. So, anyways, um, yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next week. See you next week, guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>